0: Now it's time for your hosts, the Wonder Twins of Customer Experience, Adam toporek and Jeannie Walters. So Jeannie, do you believe that timing is everything? I think timing is many things. <laughs> wow, way to really move the conversation forward. Let's talk about improv. So the, the way you do improv is you do Sorry, yes, yes and,
1: and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes and is Yes, in, is
1: and cool. it's it's everything. That's what I There
0: meant we to go. <laughs> <laughs> so timing is obviously very important. And one of the ways timing is important is in when to shift your business strategy due to market changes,
2: mm-hmm. due to
0: changes in the environment, in your competitive landscape, whatever it may be. And this topic is more timely than ever because we're all about timing now. See how I did that Like that, (laughs) (laughs) but it's more timely than ever because the pace of change right now is just staggering. It is impossible to keep up. It's like, you know, if, if you talk to somebody in a business, who has a 10 year plan, you can pretty much laugh out loud right now. Okay. It used to be (laughs) what I I, I just did. Yeah. I mean, when (laughs) I was in business school, you know, it was like, Oh, well, the Japanese have these 20 year plans and these strategic visions. If you have a 10 year plan, (laughs) I I, want to know what you're, what you're uh, smoking because it, you know, it's really, the pace of change is so crazy now. And the hard part, you know, it's easy for you and I to shift, right. Mm -hmm. maybe not psychologically, but, sort of operationally, it's easy for us to shift and pivot with changing conditions. How do you do that when you have factories and 40,000 employees?
1: Right, right. Well, there are so many things to this. And if you have invested in, you know, technology and machinery and all these things that you feel like, oh, we already put so much into this, it can be hard to then say, you know what? We've got to scrap that and move on, or we have to only go five years in when we thought we were going to get 10 years out of this. So change is not only happening around us really quickly, but what to do about it can mean really tough decisions.
0: Well, yeah, and there's there's a risk to look at it from the standpoint, and we we talked about this a little bit in the episode, but like a publicly traded company. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got a really big challenge ahead of you. If you're profitable doing it the old way, and right. you're producing good quarterly results, and you actually have to be less profitable to shift to the unknown new way, right? And that's a very hard thing to do. That's a very hard thing to sell. You know, mm-hmm. across, uh, one to the board, <laughs> to the stockholders. You know, this this stuff is really complicated. I mean, it's really easy to sit around and write you know the articles saying. Here's the seven reasons Blockbuster died, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and I'm not saying they didn't make mistakes. Obviously, they did. They're gone. <laughs> Hail Alaska. But it's, you know, to act like it's easy, which some people do, it's mm-hmm. not. It's a really challenging thing.
1: It is. And even the innovators have to keep innovating, right? So that's why I think this topic is so fascinating. And uh, our guest, Alan Adamson, he's been kind of around it and in front of these ideas for a long time so i think we should just jump in and let people hear from the expert what do you think
0: i agree let's hear from alan
1: alan adamson a noted industry expert in all disciplines of branding and author of brand simple brand digital and the edge 50 tips from brands that lead has worked with a broad spectrum of consumer and corporate industries ranging from packaged goods and technology to healthcare and financial services to hospitality and entertainment, as well as brands in the nonprofit sector. Given his perspective and depth of experience, Alan is able to help clients not simply see how accelerating disruptive marketplace changes in technology, globalization, and Mother Nature will affect their brands, but more critically, put into play the strategies that enable them to shift ahead of both the resulting consumer needs and competitive threats. Alan, we're delighted you're with us today. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank
2: you for inviting
0: me. Welcome, Alan. Uh, first of all, I've been called Alan more times than I care to admit <laughs> being named Adam. It is the number one mistaken identity for me. So I feel like we're kindred spirits already. We're connected. <laughs> yeah, so some some really bad way. Uh, but so one of the things we all know is we're living in just these times of incredible change and an incredible rate of change is what is facing so many businesses. So what I want to hear from you is why so many organizations are unable to anticipate that need for change. I mean, it's all around us. It seems obvious and they're unable to see that need and shift ahead.
2: Yeah. Every day you open the paper and there's another headline of, you know, Sears closing stores or Kraft Heinz writing off billions of dollars or this company disappearing and we sort of become immune to it. And when I began to think about this topic, I said, is it just me or am I seeing more of this or more clients coming to me and saying, can you help? And the issue is not marketing or advertising or branding. The issue is, you know, they'd become their father's Oldsmobile. And so the velocity of change, of course, is what's doing that, not only in the tech field. Uh, you know, if you said to people uh, 10 years ago, would you be interested in riding in a stranger's car and sleeping in a stranger's room? <laughs> Instead of going uh, to Hertz and going to Marriott, you probably would have, uh, you know, gotten a, <laughs> that giggle and that strange look. But that's what we're living with today, and so you know, more and more companies, big and small. Uh, are struggling with that. And so when I started to do research for the book, we, we looked a lot. We, we interviewed lots of companies, did research and we didn't want to go to the, the usual suspects, toys or us and the people that were vaporizing in front of us, but you know, big companies, small companies. And we found that most people, you know, sort of knew they had to change. It wasn't like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, staying relevant. is <laughs> not something I ever think about. Uh, but like many things in life, um, easier said than done. You know, I know that I shouldn't eat Twinkies every day and I should (laughs) go to the gym, uh, but that doesn't happen every day.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I, I really appreciate your take on this. And it's funny when you describe things like staying in a stranger's home and, you know, getting into a stranger's car. I I was like at that time; those were like the plots of horror movies. Exactly. <laughs> now we're all just going with exactly. it. Exactly.
2: Uh, now, <laughs> now you're now you're double clicking and you're on somebody's uh, yeah, exactly. somebody's couch almost. Exactly.
1: So. <laughs> and so you know this is this is kind of brave new world stuff, and a lot of leaders might not feel equipped. And so, what does a leader do when they are they are kind of thinking that hey maybe there's a shift going on maybe there's something happening what are the signs to look for before it's too late before they're looking back on oh gosh i wish we would have done something differently at sears yeah,
2: um, yeah. you know most people wait till most people wait uh, as you just indicated till the sky is falling the sales mm-hmm. are dropping and and a couple things happen when you're when you're spiraling down one is everyone's nervous <laughs> two you become <laughs> yeah. even more risk averse and you know and three uh, your your bank account is not what it used to be. And so your ability to even do something is limited. Mm-hmm. So obviously the first um, rule is, you know, don't wait. Don't wait too long. You know, the, min, you know, you, you, the best companies don't make the future an agenda item. And that's sort of like, Oh, we'll discuss our future plans on Thursday at two o'clock. <laughs> uh, and then of course everyone knows what happens at Thursday meeting, you know, mm-hmm. something, you know, the phone rings. And and so the best companies have a little bit of we need to reinvent ourselves every week. Mm-hmm. And just because it worked yesterday is, uh, is not an indication that it's going to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then just be aware of human nature. Human nature is, you know, we all have a little bit of... Uh, what I call from the old Fraser show, Marty Crane and all of us, where we (laughs) like that chair where yesterday is comfortable. The familiar is comfortable and you, you know, and we, most of us operate on cruise control. So you -hmm. get to the office, you double click your email, you have your same coffee. We're just creatures of habit. And in a fast changing world, you need to realize that as a creature of habit, you're starting in the end zone.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know, I, uh, that reminds me of the kind of dawn of the internet when, I, I heard so many leaders say things like.
0: <laughs> I just like that you just admitted to being around for the dawn I know. of the internet. That's You're welcome, right.
1: everybody. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, you know but, what the letters uh, AOL mean. Yeah, oh. exactly. And, uh, but I had so many clients back then, leaders who would say things like, well, our, our customers don't shop online. Right. Or our customers don't want to. Like I, my first boss out of college didn't like voicemail because he didn't think people liked voicemail. And it's like, but we were all using voicemail by then. <laughs> we yeah. were all using email, but he was so resistant to that change that we looked like we were behind because And it's of that.
2: devastating. You know, the mm-hmm. people at Barnes & Noble said, well, we looked at our, Amazon, but we didn't buy them. We could have bought them five times. But, you know, who was going to buy books online until, of course, yeah." Uh, everybody uh, (laughs) who's who's gonna who's gonna pen 700 no one's gonna type where their finger is on a screen people Mm -hmm. love their keyboard alan don't worry about things you know that 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 iphone's a toy Uh, it's Mm -hmm. a music player it'll go away Mm. so a little bit of arrogance uh, goes a long way and yeah getting run over
0: well, that's a per, you know that's actually a perfect segue. So uh, I don't know if you've ever read this book, but um, you'll certainly know the author Jim Collins wrote Good to Great, yeah. all that. And he wrote a book called How the Mighty Fall, which I thought was, it was sort of about companies and how they sort of die, right? And the mm-hmm. first thing they said was what you just hit on. I think the first principle was uh, hubris out of success or something that hubris. Yeah, yeah. The, a
2: bit of arrogance that right? uh, you know you know we know our game we follow the png way uh mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. is all will be fine on the yellow brick road well mm-hmm. how do
0: you address that how do you you know if you're in your consulting or just talking to a leader like how do you say yeah i understand you are you had a great quarter i get it i really do but here's the deal you're the CEO of Blockbuster. So you might've had a great, you might've had a great quarter, but you're, you're closing your last store in Alaska now. Right. Right. Sure. So, yeah. so yeah, assuming yes, you're, you're way before the last store part of the conversation. Yeah. How do you make that change or get through that mindset?
2: You know, it, it is the role of a leader, you know, to uh, quote the famous, uh, CEO of Intel, Andy, Andy Grove, you know, only the paranoid survive, or we spoke to lots of folks at Marriott when we did the research and part of Bill Marriott's mantra, uh, was success is never final. So, you know, if the leadership really has a, you know, kick back your feet and we love it, uh, everything's fine. It's, it's, you're in a car heading towards a ravine. (laughs) Uh, It's just a question (laughs) of when you go over it, you know, the other thing we found is that even if the leader says we need to, you know, stay on top of the market and see what's next and we're going to change to keep pace. You know, one of the things we found happens to a loss of companies. it happened to me uh, when I was in brand management at Unilever. You know, we always talked at Unilever, a great company, great experience about how we're customer centric and we always pay attention to research. But at lunchtime in the cafeteria... You know, most of the conversation was, "Did you see what P and G or Colgate did yesterday?" We were totally fixated on our direct competitors. When I worked with Pepsi, they spent an amazing amount of time worrying about Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. And if you look back, it's sort of like uh, most of these companies were playing tennis. I play tennis badly, but if I play <laughs> a little better, right. you know one of the one of the things I try to do is hit the ball to where the person is not. And mm-hmm. so, most businesses are totally fixated. On the folks right in front of them. Of course, you know, that Gillette did not guess, you know, did did not have their uh, lunch taken from them by Schick. You know, it was somebody not in their direct field of competition. Mm-hmm. Pepsi and Coke are not worrying about Pepsi or Coke anymore. They're worried about people drinking totally different beverages, not colas and sugar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of it is playing a little bit more golf. And I play golf badly too, but I'm less <laughs> worried about the person I'm playing with, other than trying not to hit them with a the ball or the club, <laughs> and more worried about the wind and which way the grass is falling and, and my stands and how focused I am on that customer. And, you know, whatever the leader is doing, certainly. Having a little bit of peripheral vision doesn't mm-hmm. hurt
1: and so I love that analogy, and i I'm thinking, you know, even in my own uh, leadership of my own little company here and looking around at the industry. I think it's really easy to see one thing happen like with a competitor and think, Oh, that's the way of the future. That's what everybody's going to be doing. And then six months later you go, whew, dodge that bullet, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, so how do you, how do you kind of discern what is the right direction to follow? What, what are those things in the marketplace and just beyond to your point, the peripheral vision Versus the things that might look cool. They might look really exciting and interesting, but that's not really what is going to rock the world. You know, yeah. how, how can I you mean, there's that no that?
2: easy answer, as you know. But, you know, one of the things we found when we did the research was that lots of companies say, you know, there's a the ball. Let's go run after that mm-hmm. without looking at their own what we call DNA. What are their mm-hmm. own strengths? So, so Kodak wanted to be a digital company, but their DNA, they were a chemical and sales company. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you, you need to look at yourself and say, all right, if we're going to shift in this direction, do we have the skill set? Do we have the talent? Do we have the DNA to win? Because the big separator, lots of people see a trend at the same time and say, oh, let's go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but only only one or two win. And they usually win because they get the execution really right. The iPad wasn't the first tablet. HP had one yeah, uh, you know, uh, I think Dell had won, but only when they got everything right did it click and so lots of business sh- shifting is is yes, not waiting till your you know the game's over or not waiting to the seventh person in, not waiting to have no more money to invest, <laughs> not mm-hmm. waiting till all your best talent is left to take other jobs because they haven't gotten raises in five years. but mm-hmm. if you do it at the right time, making sure you have the DNA, the skill set, the culture to win at that new game. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: here's a question then, because, you know, if you've got a cult, a culture, we'll we'll go back to Kodak, right? That's sort of sales and manufacturing and all this kind of stuff. Uh, And you've built your team and everything around that. You don't necessarily have all the right players on the bus if you want to become a digital digital company, and at that type of scale, like I, I know, I'm asking you to solve one of the biggest business questions of the last twenty years in about a thirty second answer. But I mean, where do you start at least?
2: Well, you know, um, that that is the gist of it. Uh, the interesting thing about Kodak, there was a big board meeting, and half the board wanted to stay a chemical and manufacturing company, and half the board wanted to become a digital company. And so they sold off Eastman Chemical, which is today a $4 billion company, valued 50 times more than what's left of Kodak. They sold off Sterling Drug, which has become a big pharmaceutical company was bought up. So, you know, there's a piece of people who were at Kodak and said, you know, if we had just stuck to chemicals, we'd be a billion dollar company today. Uh, Or if we decided to go digital, we needed to do it more than just take our same Team and say now, compete with the guys at Palo Alto. Mm-hmm.
0: So they really, so they sort of did the right thing. It's just the the digital branch just didn't succeed. They didn't execute it. They, right. you know, yeah. they didn't
2: have the right DNA. You, you said, you know, as you said, just said in your thing, they didn't have the right um, skill set to win that game. Like, same with National Geographic, almost disappeared. You know, you know, people were piling them up in their basement until they realized that we need to make. We need to bring the National Geographic experience to life in more than a magazine. Maybe we should take people on trips and let them, you know, become explorers like they read about National Geographic. And so only at the last minute that they form a joint venture with Lynn Black Travel and allow you to get on a expedition and go take pictures of penguins with a national geographic photographer helping you make sure the lens cap was off
1: <laughs> which is a very you know that's a pro tip
2: everybody exactly. Exactly. lens cap yeah. off still no matter how many you know pixels your your phone gets right. if you have your thumb in front of the lens
0: yeah it's you not can't gonna-
2: not, although the only good thing is of course today you'll know that before you get home and you open That's up true. 14 <laughs> rolls of film and have them all be blank.
1: <laughs> oh boy. The so so what do you think for those of us who are just kind of trying to figure this out, like what do you think is the best way to keep looking ahead? Um, because it's so easy, I think, to put the blinders on and just keep doing your work, and everybody's got too much to do and not enough time. So what's your recommendation for those of us who want to stay ahead, who want to understand when the shifts are happening around us? Without, yeah, We heard know, this getting, from a lot of
2: people that were successful in sh- shifting, is it? You you can, the people that were unsuccessful, you, you you found that their office was the furthest away from the customer in the marketplace, the wood panelled 11th floor, if you would. But, you know, you get out and smell the roses. Go, you know, walk the mall, talk mm-hmm. to shoppers, get out of your, it's cliche, get out of your bubble. You can't see the world by looking at a small screen and reading emails and reading mm-hmm. texts. Mm-hmm. You know, the best people were really good at getting out of their comfort zone and being a little bit of Jerry Seinfeld. Do you ever wonder why? And being (laughs) observational. If you ask people, do you like something? They'll say, no, I I would never do that. So consumers cannot always, just asking them Mm -hmm. is never as good as watching them. But to watch people and consumers and how they shop and how they eat at restaurants and how they use social media, you know, takes time and patience. And you can't do that if you schedule it on Tuesday from two to four and you're going to go out somewhere and you have to get out of the places where many businesses are headquartered. If you're in New York city, you know, don't go one Avenue over, get out of the city, go to, go to a borough you've never been before, go to the suburbs, go to, go to a high school play, you know, get out of your, out of your comfort zone.
1: I love that. I love that there. I can't remember what, what management book, I'm probably going to quote somebody very poorly here, but <laughs> um, some management book I read long, long time ago talked about walking the four corners of your organization and then walking out the door. Um, and I always loved that because it was like, make sure you don't lose touch of what's happening within the walls and with all of your employees, but also make sure that you're paying attention to what's outside as well.
2: Exactly, you know, one of the another great Bill Murray quote. They always used to say, "His feet never touched his desk. Mm -hmm. He was always out in the restaurants, talking to the front desks, in the reservation center, walking around." Mm -hmm. He, you know, he had a bit of the how? How are we doing? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And it's called, you know, it's been written about as well. It's a a bit of the founders' mentality that passion Mm -hmm. to always keep your eye on what's going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I come from small business. I'm a third generation entrepreneur. The listeners here probably know that, but I'll tell you, Alan, and it's amazing the difference between what you see and what you're told. And I don't even mean people that are necessarily a manager or supervisor or a district manager is necessarily, you know, lying or misrepresenting. It's just that they don't see what you see mm-hmm. when yep. you're on site, right? And the same thing with and Bill. will always
2: be taken on the, what they call the milk run when I was in brand management. The, the field always took me to their best stores. It never no, took me to a place where, <laughs> where the product was in the corner in a box, on not unpacked
0: yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> That's, That's right. awesome. Was it possibly, by the way, Genie, was it possibly Tom Peters' management by walking around?
1: Uh, It could have been. I, I read that he and I fa- read it. He was famous one. for
0: that, yes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, so Alan, what's like one remaining final knockout pearl of wisdom you can leave our listeners with. <laughs> no pressure. You know, no pressure. <laughs> just wrap up the crystal ball changing, seeing the future all into one little nugget.
2: <laughs> and it's really hard, you know. I, I, I the only thing I'd say is that what's gonna happen is pretty is easier than figuring out when it's gonna happen. Exactly. You can go back and look at Star Trek in two thousand one and you know, they headed almost right from uh, from uh, f- f- uh, FaceTime calls to mm-hmm. everything else. Uh, but they were only off by f- you know a few years, right. twenty thirty, 30. <laughs> uh, and, you know, timing is everything. Look at Google Glasses. But you're, you're better off being too early than too late.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we were Perfect. promised flying cars by this point. I'm just going to put that well, out there. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> you know, well, the cars can almost drive themselves <laughs> okay. if you trust the technology.
1: Right, right. We're <laughs> almost there. But Well, this is Another fascinating. This is fascinating. And I think we could probably talk about this all day. Um, so I'm sure our our listeners want to know more about you and where they can learn more. So where can people learn more about you?
2: They can look at shiftaheadbook.com or they can look me up because we've built a practice around it called MetaForce uh, and MetaForce.co. Perfect. Or they can Google Alan Adamson uh, and maybe find me if their search engine's working. <laughs> Well, that's
0: perfect. And
1: we'll make it easier and put all that in the show notes as well. So everybody can find you that way too. So,
0: We've embraced the future of technology (laughs) and it is live links. Great. (laughs) Well, Well, thank thank you so much, Alan. Yeah, it's been great having you. Thanks
2: for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting.
1: Thanks so much. Well, I think we know one thing, which is that change is always going to be there (laughs) and it's always going to be faster
0: than we think it's going to be.
1: The end. (laughs)
0: Wow. Dropping the pearl <laughs> of wisdom. We're dropping that actionable information yep. that you can really use and uh, take back to welcome, your You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank us later, <laughs> much later. <laughs> so Jeannie, I, I, I'm adapting to change. I will tell you that. Okay. Are you? I actually am. So okay. I've, se- I've seen how the podcast landscape is changing. Mm. And I'm, I'm finding that shows in which uh, the – younger partner takes up more of the work because they have more energy are much more effective nowadays.
1: Yeah. I have not seen that data. (laughs) So I think. uh, Well, it's new. It's a change. It's a, it's a a change
0: we're adapting to Jeannie.
1: Well, sometimes you have to stand out in different ways. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) not working. huh?
1: Not at all. I
0: tried. (laughs) Well, do your thing. Let's say goodbye. Parting is such sweet sorrow.
1: Thank you all for, you know, going through our changes along the way here. We of course appreciate all of our listeners, including you. So thank you for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C suite radio. So be sure to check out all the great business content at c suite radio.com and c tv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me in our journey mapping programs, customer experience training, and speaking at experienceinvestigators.com.
0: And I'm Adam Porkin. You can learn more about how me and the team at CTS Service Solutions can help you win with experience. We've got keynotes, customer service training, and strategic advisory, and it is all at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.